0: So welcome to this episode. Today we have an amazing guest. Her name is Daisy Noakes. She is an energy healer, psychic, intuitive, and probably one of the most amazing awakened beings that I've ever met. So hi, Daisy.
1: Hi, good to be with you, Max.
0: Do you want to experience the full potential of your sexual energy, deep intimacy in your relationship and how it feels like to truly be in your power as a man? Can you hear the world's desperate calling for conscious, heart-centered men to rise to the occasion? Then welcome to the Heart of a King podcast, where you will find the clarity, guidance and tools that will empower you to do what it truly takes to live a life of freedom, fulfillment and bliss. First of all, I would love if you can tell us a little bit about your journey, how you got into your journey of awakening and maybe also how you got into awakened type of relationships.
2: Right. Well, um, I was 18 and I was walking back from university in Brighton, which is in the, the seaside south coast in England. And I was feeling quite down that day. And I just saw this monastery there right on the side of the road and i just walked in i don't know why i I had no background in anything like that certainly not in my childhood and nowhere like anything spiritual so i just wandered in and they were beginning this free meditation class Mm -hmm. so i went in and um i sat down and as soon as i sat on the cushion to meditate which i'd never done before i had no context for either Something just, it was like, this is it. This is what I've been looking for my whole life. And I sort of knew that I was going to find everything through that practice in my life. And it was a strange feeling because this didn't happen on a mental level. It was a very, very subtle and deep intuitive sense So I carried on with that, and I got into many other practices as well. And then five years after that, I met my teacher, Amma. She's also known as the Hugging Saint. It was kind of an amazing story. Just I'll tell you briefly how it happened. I didn't want to meet her. I was very resistant because I I thought, you know what? Teacher, I don't need a teacher. I don't want some guru. It's probably a cult, you know. (laughs) I just thought, no way. Anyway, I, I was dragged there by some friends. So I went and as we were approaching in the car, there were about five of us, we were all chatting and suddenly this silence just came over the car inside and this was in the car park, not even, you know, and there was just this silence just whoosh, and everyone stopped talking and tears just began to come down my face. I didn't know why, I had no idea, walked into the hall where she was giving the hug, which is what she does, she hugs people. I looked at her across the hall, and then the tears really began. And I mm. knew she is the embodiment of everything that I dreamed of as a child, that I want in my life. I knew she was the embodiment of almost like a childhood dream, of almost like a fantasy of what love can be. Mm-hmm. But it actually wasn 't a fantasy it 's sitting right there on this chair, hugging people, and I kind of just somehow knew she is the incarnation of divinity now at that age i didn 't have any words about divinity or any words, anything like yeah. that, but something was like that's she 's my teacher, and there was no doubt it was the clearest moment of destiny without any doubt in any part of my being. It was just this clarity of like this is the teacher that is going to be showing me how to love people. And that's how it's been since that time. So once she really came into my life, yeah, it, it changed my entire life. I mean, there's so much more I could say about that meeting, but I think I'll leave it at that. So then... I had also just begun my training in Vortex Healing at that time around the same few weeks. It all happened in the same few weeks. Vortex was like very magical to me. I was very amazed by it. Didn't know anything about it, but thought, oh, well, we'll just go with it. And I was, you know, at this time I was in a relationship. I was doing regular jobs, you know, Um, all my life was very normal. Yeah. All of this stuff was coming into it, you know, on the side, as it were, although Amma was very much not on the side ever. But in terms of my lifestyle, it was kind of like I was just gradually getting into things. And then it just unfolded from there. I carried on training in Vortex Healing, which is a divine uh, energy lineage. And I continued to see Ama as much as I could each year, every year. I also met another very profound teacher called Adi Ashanti, who is an awakened teacher from California. And he had a very deep impact on my sense of what awakening is. And that was the first time that I really had a sense or any kind of knowledge of what awakening could be or what is it. He sort of seemed to transmit that in some way that really spoke to my heart. Mm -hmm. So that very important part of it as well and then I just continued from there and eventually I developed the ability to sense which is kind of where you just see with your eyes closed kind of in a way Mm -hmm. you and after that I began to give healings on the side I continued from there and eventually about five years after that or four years after that or something I went full time with my healing practice I do basically a combination of massage energy healing Later on, I trained as a psychotherapist, found that to be very interesting and useful as well to understand human psychology. And eventually I kind of combined all of it. So my work is partly group work, which I offer uh, for free and then partly individual sessions. And essentially it's divine energy healing guided really by Amma and then bringing in these elements of vortex healing, psychotherapy and body work as well from my background training in those.
0: Yeah, super powerful combination, I would say. And what are like the biggest leaps you've seen or some common themes for men in their inner work? Is there something, especially around relationships and around becoming an embodiment of a healthy, of a divine masculine?
2: Right, well... I would say I probably know less about men than I do about women. And there's quite a few reasons for that. But I've got to know more about men more recently. I think my original understanding of men came from my father. We had a very, very good and close relationship. He died some years ago now. But when I was growing up, he was the one who was very close to me. We had this emotional intuitive connection between us he was you know really one of my best friends in the world so my original experience of a man was dad and dad was a very creative uh, very warm very entertaining kind of guy and he really had a male and female energy both inside him And he was very outwardly emotional. He would cry. He would laugh. He would get angry, and he was very expressive about his emotions. It was it was something that was just in him. You know, that's just who he was. And I really learnt about men through that, and also my grandfather, his father, who was a very different kind of guy, very traditional and very masculine. So that's kind of how I, I learned originally about men. Then, you know, my relationships that I had initially were with women. I'm bisexual, so it gives me a different experience and perspective on gender, because for me yeah. it's kind of all the same. I don't really see so much of a difference as I would if I was heterosexual. So I think that's quite an important uh, part of how I experience human beings. And then later, my relationships with men came more, you know, I mean, friendships with men always, but my actual, you know, sexual relationships with men came kind of later. And I'd say the most significant one of my life was with a man. And that was more recently. That's when I really got to understand more about what could be awakened relationship or How do we approach relationship when we're actually rooted in truth? When we're interested in love, that's what I would call bhakti or devotion and unconditional love. And how do we use relationship for God realization? Because that's my interest and that was his interest. So that was a very different experience. It's a real fire that burns inside the relationship when both of you really want that truth. So, yeah. yeah.
0: So let's talk a little bit more about attachment versus unconditional love, because I feel it's still very, very common and normal these days to live in uh, codependent relationships. And
2: Yeah, that's a really good observation. When we're coming from lack, any kind of lack, we're always looking for usually a partner this is the 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 ego's idea of the the sort of prize is i'm going to find this partner and it's going to complete me and this is the great fantasy of the human ego and it's in every hollywood film and it's in all over our culture and we're told in a way that you have to be in a relationship this is the message that human beings are constantly getting in all types of different cultures perhaps for different reasons in different cultures but the essential sort of messages, you've got to be in a relationship. And the reason for that is because of the sense of lack and loneliness that is inherent when we feel separate from divinity. If we feel the sense of an I, that I is always going to be separate, in separation from oneness. And as soon as that happens, it gives birth to the sense of lack. And when there's a sense of lack, then we're looking to in a sort of neediness reach towards somebody else to attach to them in in a codependent way.
0: Yes, it's definitely a lot about doing our inner work to even be able to be in that unconditionally loving way.
2: Often, especially in the West, there's a hunger for the heart to to become full again. There's a dryness of heart in the West because we're raised to be very intellectual. Even little children are are educated to be very intellectual from a very, very young age. And often the heart is left out of it in our upbringing and in our adulthood. And because of that, there can be a longing in the heart for the love to come through, for the bhakti, for the devotion, for the unconditional love in a way that is quite specific perhaps to many people all over the world but particularly in western cultures so often when you get then a taste of that love and a taste of that real unconditional regard from a being let's say like Amma um, there have also been others Ninkareli bubba Baba Sai Baba um, there have been other beings like that over history Christ is another example then I think one can sort of wake up to this love that is so beyond attachment when you see that love and you really taste that then you kind of have this orientation place of what you're really looking for because you see okay I'm not really looking for that attachment that I thought I was going to get from my girlfriend boyfriend I'm really looking for something so vast it's it's so beyond that kind of attachment it's something that comes from within like a fountain you know and a being like um I can really kind of wake that up within us or it can also happen through um other ways of course as well that that love can sort of come alive like this effulgence within and then it's seen okay that's the love that's that's going to actually be fulfilling which is not a love that kind of runs out and it doesn't have conditions upon it so
0: exactly yeah yeah i feel it's also very painful actually like from my speaking from my own experience to be in kind of in the way where you still either have some type of attachment and all of these things that in the end cause so much pain for both individual until they eventually wake up through that uh, or heal that issue to be able to relate in a way that actually doesn't cause suffering but that is actually truly sharing love like being full within ourselves and coming together in celebration that's how i like to see relationships especially intimate relationships so we kind of, we kind of fill up our own cup of love and even sexually and then come together in celebration to to share that with another yes and yeah, that- Beautiful. i didn't know the thing uh that you're bisexual but i think that's very interesting so also to give our listeners our perspective because i also think there's something very beautiful
1: so yeah i think i think it's been an interesting journey for me with sexuality because for me personally i don't have a big identity with my sexuality yeah you know it's just something that is not a great big identity for me and that's it so I haven't really had that many issues around, you know, when I came out, it was pretty easy and all of that. I was 18 or 17, I think, when I realized it. But I definitely didn't realize it before then. You know, mm-hmm. it was just something that happened like that. And it's been interesting to have relationships with, with men and women. You know, I would say that the interesting thing is that, you know, men and women in relationship are almost exactly the same.
0: That's in nuts way,
1: yeah, I would say that because it's just a human thing to have a relationship. So it's a human, 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 human. And then there are also some big differences on a more ground level. There are some big differences
2: between, between males and females. Yeah. I would say in terms of kind of things like power is different in a female to female relationship versus a female male, Mm -hmm. um, things like, um, you know, polarity, you're going to get a lot of polarity between a male and a female. With females, you're not getting that, that same kind of polarity. It's more like there's a certain togetherness that, that's different.
0: You've been so deep on the awakening journey. From such an awakened perspective, how do you see sex in general? How do you see past the conditioned type of sexuality that we get? bombarded with by media and movies and porn and whatever. How is a different uh, approach to, towards right. sexuality?
2: Right. Okay. The example I would probably like to give is my previous partner. He was on the same path. You know, we had this kind of union sexually that was so mind-blowing for us. It was like as if our bodies were designed for each other. And I've never had that. You know, it was something that I had to wait for, I think, till I was a bit older to really be able to handle something that was as intimate as that. Um, And it was the most beautiful thing. I just can't describe it, but I'll try to describe it. The, The thing is that really both of us, when we came together to make love for the first time and every time after that, I could feel that we were, for a start, we were thinking of the other person. So we weren't really in a selfish experience. So that was a big thing. It was just naturally like that. We weren't really obsessed with orgasm. That just wasn't really part of it. it as a kind of focus. And then it was as if, because Amma's energy was so much between us and we were so interested in real divine union. And and actually, what is that? You know, because who knows? I mean, it was this unknown thing. And then the bodies were just falling together in a kind of complete harmony. It was as if we could read each other's feelings without yeah. any verbal communication whatsoever. You know, we would make love for hours and hours and hours like this. It was quite mind-blowing because I'd only had that in terms of many hours with a female, I didn't even know that I could have that with a male. It wouldn't have even crossed my mind that that was possible, but it was because of the way that we were just both wired. It was as if we were wired in a way that just worked. And I think also the crucial thing was that it was about divinity. It was about trying to, you know what I mean? Rather than about, you know, I want this or, and it was interesting as well that there was a couple of things that I think colored that experience in a really beautiful way. He had never really used pornography. So I noticed that, yeah, it just wasn't something that he'd ever been drawn to in a serious way or a regular way at all. And because of that, I could feel that he wasn't objectifying me. This was a very new experience it's for me in sex there was no objectification at all and because i felt that it made me feel so free and so safe and so so like i wanted to be closer and closer to him because he wasn't doing that thing that sort of mental projection thing which as a female we can feel that we can feel when when the male is doing that yeah. so that was that was one interesting detail in the mix And I think also coming from such different places was made it quite interesting too. He had had this Mormon upbringing and I'd had so very religious and I'd had a completely different, very wild, unreligious, creative, you know, type of personalities with my parents' upbringing. So it was like the complete opposite coming together. And again, there was something about that polarity that created a very beautiful dance between us as well. So I... With him, that's the example I would give of what I would call, let's say, approaching awakened lovemaking or the the closest thing that I can really say that I've had in that respect.
0: Such a beautiful description of sacred sexuality, or however you want to call it, that you just gave there. really resonates with me. And on the one hand, what you said, basically tantra or sacred sexuality or having these awakened, absolutely mind-blowing experiences, they're beyond taking any substance or whatever is really not to have tons of fancy techniques or or to try to control things around i say always it's more for us to do our inner work to get the stuff out of the way to get the blockages out of the way to come from a pure place to be present with each other truly in a space of no mind where the souls can through the bodies meet in true intimacy then there's nothing you have to do You're just being together and merging together in this polarity of the masculine and feminine in this divine union that you described there. That's why it's so important. And I help men as well to get off pornography and to decondition from that because it's the only way we can truly love a woman is if we're not looking at her from this objectified perspective if we're not putting her into a box of what a woman should look like what a woman should be like behave like or whatever just to put all that out of the way and to just literally love her as she is to not project onto her you know what i mean to truly see her
2: and, you know, I really love the way you put that, Max. That is exactly describing what my experience was, that I felt as if he was seeing me as I am. Yes. Just purely like that, without any interfering in his seeing. You know, it was so lovely. And it was so, I felt so received. And I could, what led led to happening is that I could feel that I could totally be sexually expressive in yeah. a way that I never quite felt the total permission before. It was like my full sexualness could express. So for yeah. me, it was all about this expression. For him, what he found is he could be really vulnerable. And that yeah. for him, with the type of background he'd had, which was a very um, macho background, you know, he'd had this really macho kind of upbringing. Do you know what I mean? Like a lot yeah, of boys... Yeah, I had that too.
0: It's very common, right. I would say. For
2: very common. And because of the space that was there, he went into this ability to really be vulnerable, to to express his feelings for me, to express his feelings, you know, full stop. Just any feeling that would come. Yeah. It, it just... And there was, I think, the key thing for us, and I want to share this because I think for everyone listening, this could be important, is there was this ability to be vulnerable for both of us. Yeah, To be really vulnerable that wasn't invented. It wasn't taught to us. It was just something that came from inside this ability to truly be vulnerable in that space. Now it wasn't that easy for us to be vulnerable in other aspects of the relationship. It was actually very difficult for us. But when we were making love, it was very easy it just came as as nature, this ability to be really, truly vulnerable with each other. Um, yeah. it, it was an emotional vulnerability to everything else.
0: True. That's, that's the true intimacy that's happening there. You know, it's like bare souls, naked bodies, bare souls meeting in this complete nakedness on all levels, I would say. You know, and that implies such vulnerability. And just yesterday, the two of us, we spoke about how closely related on an energetic level the emotional bodies are with the physical bodies and how that also connects to our sexuality. So that's super powerful. And I also had the experience of deep, deep vulnerability in this sacred union. I love what you just described also on how you as a woman, as the embodiment of the feminine energy were through this polarity, through the presence of the masculine, I guess as well, That's not off in his mind, thinking about some porn, but that's truly present, truly seeing you, how that allows you to be in your full expressiveness sexually and everything and truly allows also the feminine to actually open up. There has to be love or at least a deep, deep honoring of the other person for that to happen. Like that opens up the gates, so to say.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I love the way you put that. And it was also that I think we can, as men and women, we can give each other such a gift of it's as if, I mean, I can only talk about, I suppose, bringing it back to that experience, which was that he freed my female energy. That's what he gave me.
1: Yeah,
2: His male energy freed my female energy. So it was out of prison and it could just fully just open and, I freed his male energy, but we didn't do this by some kind of agreement. It was literally happening in a physical way. It just kind of, and I got it. I got the magic. I finally understood the magic of men and women being together. And it wasn't just on a sexual level, but I had this insight into the whole thing of what we can bring to each other as men and women we can bring each other this magical gift of allowing each other to be exactly as we are. Yeah. It's this magic that sparks between the, ma- the man and the woman. It just, it was so life-changing for me because I'd never had that before. I'd waited so long in my life to, to have that experience. I didn't even know that I was looking for that experience, you know, um, but when it came, it was like, this is the magic that's available. And I, I realized that all humans can have that magic. It's something that is a universal ability within male and female. It's just, yeah, it just completely blew my, my world apart, I have to say. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So beautiful, yeah, how you describe that That's how we truly empower each other to bring each other into our fullness. And I have to say, especially at this time on the planet, the masculine, we have to come first to even make the feminine, or women in this case, feel safe. Because how is she supposed to open up, to be soft and open and expressive and nurturing everything if she doesn't feel safe to do so? There's so much toxic masculinity in the world still that I grew up with, that probably most men grew up with. And I found it was really beautiful how you described that. Very uncommon, I would say, and very healthy embodiment of a man that you had as your father. But I feel this is where the work is for us men. and It's about us doing our inner work for ourselves because it is just so needed in the world right now
2: there that you said about my father, I think I was so fortunate I had my father, my grandfather, and my brother i've got yeah. one son, my brother and I had these just really fantastic men around me you know
1: yeah.
2: my dad was it was another level we were just so I was so fortunate to have him and that's definitely colored in a good way my vision of men that I see my men the way I saw him, and you know my brother is great, my grandfather now um, for men, I would say normally it's more the case that they would have wanted to have had that with their mother or needed to have had that kind of thing with their mother where they mm. had that healthy thing. Now, obviously that doesn't always happen. So those of us, you know, some of us have had some of us haven't. It's like the good news is you can heal all of that, you know. So that yep. that's kind of what I want to say is you can heal, you know, what if women didn't have a good experience with their father, they, that can be healed. If men didn't have a good experience with their mother, that can be healed. So yes. you know everything in creation is potentially transmutable. Yeah, um, everything that's in creation is potentially transmutable, and I have every faith that people can heal from absolutely anything if yeah. they really persevere and they really want it, and you know they have the right kind of teacher, like maybe a guru or perhaps the right kind of school of you know perhaps awakening or healing or
0: you know um, i guess like you said it once like it's just our um in what way it will be doesn't matter but it's our connection our relationship with divinity how we um find that and how we have that as the light that guides us you know it can be anything for me everything changed when i made this one decision that I'm just going to be working for the light. I'm going to be heading in that direction. I'm no longer going to go for my lower, so to say, ego desires and going to go for what's comfortable, but to always go for what's right. And man, that has been a rough ride, but it's it's um, very rewarding in the end, I would say.
2: I really agree. When that inner fire for truth really
0: comes yeah. alive,
2: there's kind of a distinct moment right in our lives yeah. where that switches on and it really gets going
1: and one can
2: see exactly what you saw which is that this is the only thing that makes sense i've got to find that divinity whatever it takes and then all those lower egoic let's say lower it's not really lower but for argument's sake um desires just fall away because there's this kind of deeper realization about you know what you need to find and Every person I know who's who's gone on this journey to find that truth or that divinity or that oneness, you know, every single person I know has just had such a, an amazing ride. Like you said, good, yeah. bad, ugly, the the blissful, the ecstatic. But there's a there's a sort of underlying. It's almost like we're being held by that force of light, divinity that's kind of yeah. holding all in my opinion every human being on the planet is on an awakening path towards that light
0: whether they it's know it or not whether,
2: yeah whether one knows it or doesn't know it is the only difference i think it's not like an elite club where you know everyone is
0: on that path when right. you really decide like to, i'm going to like i'm going to go for this i'm, gonna, I'm like, yeah. put like you said put all the eggs in, in one basket and go
2: there is desire which actually arises really for the divine and that yeah. can come through any expression yeah. um that's not limited that kind of desire has to do with this this longing for freedom this longing for for god this longing for for truth and yeah. and that that is, you know, really, um, that's a love and a devotion that burns all the whole house down, you know, in uh-huh. terms of the house of the ego, the house of cards that we've built for ourselves, which we've all built for ourselves, gets burned down by that kind of desire.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So one last question I would like to ask you is, what would you say makes a conscious man that loves like a king? What how would you say what is this man what is he embodying how is he showing up so you can say he is loving like a king his woman or in general
2: yeah i would say one of the qualities that might sound surprising in that that for me is my experience of that i would say is innocence Mm. men have this hidden innocence which they are not encouraged to show. But in reality, it's that very innocence that can really just open a woman up. So I, th- I would say that. And then also the ability to feel the heart in a way that's very deep, kind of opens through the back of the heart. I think the other thing that's actually very important is that for male, the maleness of the male to be encouraged, you know, it's yeah. like... There's much too much in, especially in spiritual circles, in awakening circles, where men have, for whatever reasons, become too female. Yes. That, that does not help. It doesn't not help anyone, all. it doesn't help them, it doesn't help the world, it doesn't help women. So, men, you know, that the energy of the man, the male energy, is beautiful. Women want that. So, yes. and not women not just making it about women but just in general for men you know that's really really crucial to keep those male qualities you know not to just discard them thinking oh you know that's aggressive or something it's not it's it's you know there's a real beauty to the male energy so I'd say you know yeah. keeping sort of really grounded in that male energy is is really important as well whatever that means for for the man um and I guess there's not too much us to really say about it,
0: yeah, I guess what you also mean with the um with the masculine. I can just say that yes to that big time. This is like it's so important because I mean there is a lot of toxic masculinity in the world, but there's something like male sexual drive been made something bad or male um power or assertiveness that, that there's something bad in it you know in this masculine qualities but for us it's literally about yes there's a shadow side of the the immature boy the trickster all the the, the archetypes of the immature masculine that can be toxic and can become like a tyrant or anything but for us, it's to find that innocence that you're talking about in the first place through coming back to our divine expression of our masculinity, shedding away the layers of conditioning, of coming from fear, coming from, from ego, to find that, that true masculine within us and to really own that and embody these qualities of the divine masculine that we find through doing all in our inner work, through that engagement with divinity. Have the masculine qualities, but to not be lost in the unconscious shadow expressions of it, but to be an integrated man
2: exactly, exactly a kind of integrated male man you know yeah. I think is just a lovely thing
0: in yeah. the world
2: yeah, I really do I really want to encourage that in all men. I guess the the flip side of that is that women we have been very encouraged to be male. this is the thing totally. for, for so and many twisted. reasons yeah for so many reasons and the problem with that is that the woman the power of the female in many cases lies in our patience our love and our empathy you know patience love and empathy is really the hallmarks of of the female energy in my in my opinion anyway in my experience and those qualities are so important for this world yeah and Women lose those qualities in favor of more male qualities. That's a big problem for the planet. yeah. Because what you've got is sort of all kinds of male energy, but what's happened to the female energy? So it's like, you know, the love and the empathy and the compassion, the surrender, there's so many qualities of the female that I think are so beautiful and so important that we can really relax into that. And I've really had to go on my own journey about this. I think all women probably have. Mm. I'm still very much in that journey. So,
0: Yeah, that has been so twisted in the world. Like women being so encouraged to, or not even just encouraged, also just having no healthy male energy in their life. So they have to take that role. Otherwise life just doesn't work out. So they have to go into the masculine. But in the end, where we truly find our power again is if, not saying that every woman has to have a feminine core and every man has to have a masculine core, but just to simplify it, if if we find that core within ourselves, let's say, as a woman, the feminine core, and as a man, the masculine core, that is where we truly find our power and where we can bring each other in our power. The more I show up as a man, the more the woman in front of me, the more I'm in my healthy masculine, the more her feminine feels safe and is ready to open up and to become that beautiful expression because i can certainly tell you the without the feminine there would be no beauty there would be no for me that's what makes life beautiful like to the feminine energy women as well that that's so essential like literally no joke And that does not mean that we both have like yin and yang, we both have masculine and feminine within us, you know, man and male and female, we both have both. But to find our natural core, to not be in that, like David Data talks about uh, in in his work, this dull 50-50 relationship where we're both like, there's basically no polarity. Everyone's like 50-50 and equal. And there's like there's no desire for sex or intimacy because there's just no polarity it's just like just the same gray thing you know and so it's and for me that also implies for us men to have a connection to our own inner feminine a healthy connection to have the polarity but also the integrated opposite part
2: yeah and the only case is where it is quite different from this because i feel the way you do i would say though where it can be really different to that is for lesbians gay men uh, trans people, trans women, trans men. So for, for, these, for people who are in that experience of life, these things are very, very, very different. So I think it's important to point that out because sure. obviously the dynamics are so very, very different. That's, that's kind of important to just add in there.
0: Definitely. Uh, yeah.
2: So yeah, yeah.
0: Totally. It's important to say that. Thank you. Like if you could have one thing to give away, you know, especially to the men... What would be one goal nugget you would give them on their journey if they're like, okay, I got it. Like, I am ready to do my inner work. I'm ready to face my shadows and do the work. What would be like one thing you would give them on their path?
2: Love fearlessly. Yeah, that's what I would say to men. Um, Don't be afraid of intimacy, you know, and just know that women do want you to step forward. So.
0: Yes. How can people find out about your work? Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, so you can go to Daisynoakes.com, and you're going to find there my website. That's really the best way to get hold of what I'm doing and contact me. You'll find a contact page there.
0: So. Awesome. So we'll put that in the show notes and thank you so much for being on Daisy. That was amazing. And I'm sure all Thanks. listeners got a ton of value out of this. Yeah thank you
2: yeah thank you so much max thank you for having me
0: thank you for joining us for the heart of a king podcast make sure to follow the podcast and turn on your notifications so you won't miss out on any new episodes coming out